what takes you out of your comfort zone? There was a question. What takes you out of your comfort zone? Uh, I've had some interesting, uh, what was that? Being six. Sick. Sick. Not six. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Bungee jumping? Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Got out of it. That kind of thing. Um, what else? What takes you out of your comfort zone? Who? Change. Change takes you out of your comfort zone. Uh, how about crowds? Anybody like crowds? No. See, the older I get, I'm not really digging the whole crowd thing anymore. You know what really takes me out of my comfort zone? Is talking to large crowds of people, right? Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Now, I stand here a lot of times. I stand here a lot of times with my hands like this, and what I'm doing is I'm wringing my hands. Uh, what I learned in some of my classes on anxiety is if you take your thumb and your index finger, you got that little webbing right there in between it. So if you put your hands like this and you squeeze that little webbing right there, so when y'all see me doing this, I'm usually squeezing that webbing right there. It helps with anxiety and people looking at you, right? Which takes me out of my comfort zone. Uh, people don't like to be put on the spot. Who likes to be put on the spot? I had somebody, I had somebody, I had somebody this week said, uh, I don't like coming to church, right? Because that takes them out of their comfort zone and people come up to them and that leads me to the next one. They have to talk to people they don't know. Right? Who likes to talk to people that they don't know? No. Yeah. Okay. Who likes to who likes to talk to people about their faith? Anybody like to talk to people about their faith? Okay. Some people don't like that. Um, what's your initial reaction when you hear the word evangelism? Evangelism. Yes. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh boy, evangelism. I get to share my faith. I get to talk to people that I don't know about my faith. Others of us are like, you know, that's like a scene out of a horror movie right there. Yeah. Sharing my faith with other people. That makes me really anxious, and I don't like it. Uh, often we think of uh, evangelism, and it scares us because we worry that we don't know enough about the Bible or that we just won't have the right things to say. So I'm going to give you a little bit of reassurance today. It is not about what you know. It's about who you know. And that is Jesus. Jesus. Uh, here's a little bit of advice for you this morning. It's not about you. Yes. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you. Yeah, some of y'all, yeah, some of y'all have been waiting to tell that person next to you, it's not about you for a long time. You're welcome, by the way. You're welcome. All right, so if you choose to follow Jesus, that's not, or if they choose to follow Jesus, that's not on you. If they choose to reject Jesus, that's not on you either. What you are called to do, you are called to be faithful in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what your job is. Now, you have to trust that God will show up and do his part and that he will work on their heart. So, that lets you off the hook.
But a lot of times we want people to be converted right on the spot, don't we? Yeah. We think we say a couple of lines right and then boom, they get, they get saved right there. And we don't like it when they don't, when they don't get converted right on the spot. And ministry is just like that. You have to be faithful to God's call. So this morning we're going to look at how the gospel continues to expand beyond the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, as we focus today on this idea of evangelism. And today, may your boldness in sharing the gospel be encouraged by Philip. So our text this morning is from Acts 8, 26 through 40. It's on page 1089 in your pew Bible. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Kandike, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit, the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him, heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was, was denied him. Who can describe his generation, for his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as, we, and as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he, was, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. Let's pray together. Gracious God, you tell us that your word is alive and active and sharper than any two, in, an itty double-edged sword. So we ask you to make your word come alive and speak to us today and pierce our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. God's children say amen. All right. One of the things that we have to do when it comes to evangelism is we have to listen. Listen. Sometimes we want to jump into the conversation and too often we don't get to know the person and we don't understand uh, the circumstance or where they're coming from. 
So evangelism starts by listening, and more specifically, it starts by listening to God. We see back in Acts 8, and 4 through 8, that Philip has been leading this rather large uh, ministry in Samaria. And so it may have come uh, as a little surprise to him that God tells him to go somewhere else. Last Sunday night, I attended an awesome concert that the Gospelers put on, and our former pastor, Malin Dixon, was there. And he said that you can't spell God without go, and you can't spell gospel without go. And he reminded us of what our mission is, and our mission is to go. Our mission is the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. So Jesus' last words back in Acts 1 was, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Philip listened to God, and he, get up, and he got up, and he went. He was obedient to the call. That's what we have to do. We have to hear God, and we have to listen. We have to hear him. We have to be obedient. Now, God knew that Philip was the right man for the job, and he had an angel speak to him and give him directions to go from Jerusalem to Gaza on that desert road. Now, wouldn't that be great that every time that you sought direction from God, he would just send an angel to tell you what to do? That would be much easier, right? Works for me all the time. Because I have an angel tell me what to do all the time. Kathy tells me what to do all the time, right? Uh, y'all see what I did there? Yeah. Okay. Brownie point. Brownie point. Right. So how do we hear God today? We have to be plugged in, right? So there's like radio waves going through this place right now all the time, right? Even as we speak, radio waves are going through here. You can't see them. There's Wi-Fi going through here. Who's got the Wi-Fi on and is on Facebook right now, right, in church? Uh, I tried to get you all the way, right? But there's radio waves and there's, there's Wi-Fi waves going through here. And all you have to do is plug in to the right frequency and you'll hear the radio and your, your Wi-Fi, your uh, device will come alive. So we have to plug in to God. How do we do that? It's by the Bible. Bible. He has inspired this book to tell us who he is and to tell us how to live. And then it continues in prayer. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to audibly talk to you as God calling right now, right? So I'm not telling you that he's going to audibly talk to you, you know, but he may. He may hear, you may hear his words plain, plain as day. I know I've had that happen to me. But, you know, he may give you that little nudge. Anybody ever had the little Holy Spirit nudge? You ever been thrown out the way because he pushed you so hard, right? So you get that little nudge, you get that shove, or you get that, that inner gut feeling, hey, I'm not supposed to do this. Or like Elijah, he heard that little whisper in his ear. So God speaks to us also through other Christians. You ever had a Christian confirm? something for you, You're like, oh, God, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get past this, I'm trying to do this, and then along comes a Christian to go, hey, this is what God told me to tell you. Boom. That's awesome. 
So Philip listens to God. He heads that way on this dusty road. And then the Holy Spirit told him something else. He told him to go up to the chariot. So he listened, he obeyed, he went to the chariot. And he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, some things that you need to know about the Ethiopian eunuch. First of all, he was from Ethiopia. Before y'all go, duh, right? There's some things that you need to know about Ethiopia. Right? So we have to go back to Acts 1 again. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Ethiopia was considered the ends of the earth. Now there were they, these were territories that were south of Egypt. And this particular uh, Ethiopian was from the first century kingdom, the Morot kingdom. Now, he also was in a chariot, and only the well-to-do had chariots. And Luke tells us that this Ethiopian, that he was a big deal, that he was in charge of all the Kandake's treasury. He was kind of like the minister of finance, if you put it in contemporary terms. Another important aspect about the Ethiopian that Luke tells us is that he is a eunuch. And a eunuch is a male that has been castrated. But there are different kinds of eunuchs. There are physical eunuchs, there are uh, medical eunuchs, and there are uh, those that are associated with the treasury. They were synonymous for being named eunuchs, people that worked with the treasury. But Luke makes it a point to let us know that he was both a treasury, a treasury worker and a eunuch. So he's coming back from Jerusalem where he went to worship. And now if he was a physical eunuch, he could not have been a proselyte and a proselyte is one who is converting to Judaism, he could not have been a proselyte because they did not allow eunuchs to be converted to Judaism because he was not holy. And if he was a physical eunuch, he would not have had access to the temple because they didn't let his kind in. So he would have had to have worshipped outside. So the Holy Spirit comes along and he prompts him to go up to this chariot. And he doesn't say anything else. He's like, just go and, and be beside it. Uh, he didn't make excuses like, hey, Lord, I got sandals on and I can't really keep up with the chariot. You know? So he just obeyed and he went and he listens and he hears. He hears him reading Isaiah 53. Now, this is the greatest of all Old Testament texts that points the most clearly to the suffering death of Christ. And he heard him reading Isaiah 53 because that's how the Bible was read back then, it was read aloud. So, what did Philip do? So, scripture says that he pulled out his bullhorn and started telling them that he needed to repent or he was going to go to hell. Right? Says that, right? He came up alongside, hey, repent. Yeah. No, he didn't say that. Said he handed him a track that had the Romans Road to Salvation on it and told him to just deal with it himself. Right? Here's a track, go figure it out. No, he didn't do that. He listened to 
the Ethiopian, and he figured out where he was coming from, and he asked him if he understood. And he started a conversation about Jesus. And Luke tells us that Philip began with this scripture. And wouldn't you like to know what else he told him? Wouldn't it be nice for Luke to have written down step by step what we're supposed to do, right? How he witnessed in this particular. That would have been great. But I imagine that Philip started with this scripture, and then, you know, it says that he told him the good news of Jesus. So he told him about the birth, the life, the teaching, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. I imagine that he told him about communion and what that meant. I imagine him telling the Ethiopian that even though he wasn't whole in the eyes of man, that Jesus didn't see him that way because Jesus looks at the heart and he doesn't look at the physical appearance. And where the law told him that he was incomplete, grace told him that he was. Where the law said that he didn't have access to the temple, that the atoning work of Jesus on the cross and the grace that God gives through Jesus Christ and his blood, that he had access to God because Jesus is the high priest. And where the law told him that he wasn't accepted, the new covenant in Jesus' blood made him a child of God. I can only imagine that that's what he told him. But I also imagine that he told him about baptism, and he told him about repentance. And we need more people to come along like Philip to tell us that we have access to God, or those that do not know Jesus, that they have access to God regardless of their physical appearance. That Jesus loves you, and died for you, even though you have a tattoo. That Jesus loves you and died for you, even though you have pink hair. That Jesus loves you and died for you, even though your mama dresses you funny, right? Even though you wear skinny jeans, Jesus loves you and died for you. He died for you regardless of where you have been and what you have done. He died for you regardless of the stature that you hold, whether you're here or whether you're here. We are all equal in the eyes of God. He died for me so that he can take away my sin so that I don't have to walk around any longer carrying guilt and shame. I can hand that over to him. That's what he died for. All I have to do, all you have to do, is accept it. Believe it and confess it. Now the Ethiopian responds to the good news. That's the gospel message that Philip has told him. As they were traveling, they came upon some water. And the Ethiopian wanted to know a valuable question. What prevents me from being baptized? Now, I want you to circle that part in your Bible. I want you to put a little star by it. I want you to underline it and highlight it. 
and then put a little arrow over in the margin. And I want you to write the words, absolutely nothing. What prevents you from being baptized? Absolutely nothing. Because Jesus has broken down a double barrier. A physical and racial barrier. He's a eunuch and a Gentile. And he was baptized into the full membership of the body of Christ. He was, amen. He was baptized into the family of God. Where before, he wasn't allowed to come to God in the temple. Now, through Jesus Christ, he has access to God. He is a full-fledged member. He, is, he has got adoption from God through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is a chain breaker. He is a barrier destroyer. There is no wall that he can't tear down. We didn't even talk about that song today and that song played today. I, went, I wonder if they're going to play that song today. That's a Holy Spirit moment right there. Philip and the Ethiopian. They came down into the water and Philip baptized him. In the, and the Greek word for baptized here is baptizo. And that always carried the idea of total immersion. We baptize here in the little baptismal and the big baptismal out there. We baptize by immersion. Number one, because we like the fact that it says here, immersion. And the old guy dies. Your old guy, when you are baptized, that symbolizes the old guy dies. And you are buried under the water. And then you are raised to newness of life. Praise God. And they came out of the water and something happened. Philip got some Holy Spirit teleportation. Hey, you know you're in the will of God when you get Holy Spirit teleportation going on in your life. He got teleported to a different location. I'm not talking about he just got teleported feet from here. He got teleported to like St. Augustine. That kind of thing. Like, God's like, hey, Philip's moving and grooving. He's doing what I'm telling him to do. I'm just going to take him right on down to St. Augustine. So he ends up in, he ends up in Azotus. And I want you to see what happened to the Ethiopian there. And the scripture said, number one, he saw Philip no more. He saw Philip no more. But he went on his way with joy. He went away rejoicing. Philip had taken the joy that he had, Christ living in his life, and he gave that to the Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian took that and went on his way rejoicing. I would imagine he went back and evangelized to a nation. Because when you have the Spirit of God and you just can't, you just can't be, you can't, you can't be quiet. You got to let it out. So God has called each of us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Not all of us do uh, mass evangelism. We're not all called to stand up in front of people and talk, right? Yeah, which he knows that kind of thing takes me out of my comfort zone to talk to people, right? So he doesn't call each of us to do that in mass like these guys did. But it's 
very important to have personal evangelism. One-on-one time where you tell somebody about the love of Jesus. That you tell them about the gospel. Yeah, Philip had to step out of his comfort zone to make that happen. God had called him to do this. And this was a radical step for somebody like Philip because Philip was a Jew, not only a Jew, he was a Hellenistic Jew and he just didn't evangelize to Gentiles. So God opened it up, opened up grace and mercy and salvation to the Gentile world. And he had to take himself out of his comfort zone to go and to be obedient and to share the gospel. Because of Philip's openness to the Spirit, it wasn't Philip that did a radical thing here. It was the Spirit that did a radical thing. The Spirit did this radical thing through somebody who was willing to do that. And in Philip's openness to the Spirit's leading, he enabled this major progress toward fulfilling Christ's commission for a worldwide gospel. So the next time you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you, dare to step out of your comfort zone. I know it's tough, but you can watch as the Spirit does something radical through you. And can you imagine what would happen if each one of us touched somebody else this week and then that person touch somebody else, and then that person touch somebody else, set the world on fire. To God be the glory. Let's pray again. Gracious God, you, we thank you for what you have done for the Holy Spirit being radical in our lives. We ask you today to give us the courage step out on faith, when the Holy Spirit prompts us to go and to share, we ask you to give us the courage, and we know when we ask you to give us the courage that you put situations in our lives that give us that courage. So Father, I ask you for each and every one of these people here today that you would give them Holy Spirit courage to reach out and to touch someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that when we do that, we might not see immediate conversion like Philip did. But we know that through you, we may be the seed planter, we may be the waterer, and we may be the harvester. But at least we have a part in that, in your gospel message them from you. We thank you for that opportunity today, and we ask that you would help us keep our eyes open to that kind of thing. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.